0: So, this Wednesday, uh, President Donny T and European Commission Chief Jean-Claude Juncker had a, a little meeting at the White House where they uh, discussed trade. And as we all know, Art of the Deal, big, big brain, big hands president, um, he doesn't need to be patronized or talk down to he's gonna come at you hard and fast these are four four dimensional chests five dimensional backgammon six dimensional shoots and ladders okay this guy I'm telling you he is a practiced negotiator okay
1: wait we're up to six D shoots and ladders
0: fuck bro it why well, I need I, I, mean, I could have kept going you haven't even heard of a 12th dimensional monopoly okay you're not even playing with money at that point. Please. Anyway. It's all very complicated. And so we don't play around with uh, time and
1: space like
0: that. EU Commission Chief uh Juncker decided, you know what? We're gonna slow things down, bring us back to a level. And he used some brightly colored flashcards to explain to Mr. Trump the uh Difficulties of uh, be, of of international trade relationships, and so I thought this week we could uh, provide a few of these flashcards, at least at least the slogans that we would uh, put on these flashcards uh, uh, that we would use to to show Mr. Trump what socialism is, since as we know, just whoever's the last person in the room with him is what he does. Uh, so I've got one. It's it's on the front. It's purple. It's a nice, pretty purple. It's got some sparkles, and it says workers are necessary. And when you flip it over, it's red and there's stars, and it says but bosses aren't. That's good. No. Uh,
2: that's kind of flashcards we need to. We should start. We should mail these flashcards to the White House. You know that might work. You know what I mean.
0: Well, I, I like to frame them and put them up in my room because they're just little, they're so pretty. And I don't,
2: I mean, I like, I like
0: my flashcards. I do a lot of coloring and it's very fun for me
2: to do these. Uh, I, I have a pretty, pretty good one. It's, um, it's got a yellow background with red text and it just says labor is entitled to everything it creates. That's all it says. I don't know if that'll sit with him, though. I don't think he's ever worked a day in his life, so I don't know if he will actually understand
1: that. That's unfortunate. You do have to use smaller syllable words. um, But at least the brightly colored flashcards will get his attention for um, however short his attention span actually is. Oh,
0: if I didn't um, make that clear, um, all the uh, assistance that came with Junker... Uh, We're just dancing behind him with like keys and other small silvery (laughs) shiny objects, just being like, "Look over here! Look over here! Come on,
1: come on!" See, y'all are using full sentences when I'm gonna take um, Kellyanne Conway's approach of just four different words that rhyme, Mm -hmm. of like illusion, delusion, conclusion? Question mark? International trade?
2: What? What does that mean, Parker? What is exactly. the message you're trying to convey?
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm. You, you got to hit them with the fire with the same fire they're hitting us with. Okay. So I can't. I can't even explain it. I don't. I don't get a bit. I just get to hold up my pretty fuchsia <laughs> flashcards. Ooh, fuchsia white text. is a great yeah, color. Yeah.
0: It's, white. It's, That's good. That's it, a good contrast.
1: Yeah, it's not bad. And See, I. So I, uh, I just. You know, I got I got to make sure to have one of the words like scribbled out with like what looks like red crayon. So yeah. let's
0: well, see, I've got I've, my, my, my other one is a, it's a it's a nice, it's a nice blue, just a nice royal blue black letters. It says if the poor get too hungry and you flip it over and it's a nice gold, nice yellow with some white letters and it says they'll eat the rich.
2: Ooh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I think he'll identify with that one. He'll be like, I'm the wretch. I don't want to be eaten. That's bad. Mm. Well, that's true. All I right. have one. It's, um, it's, it's, it's this nice, deep royal purple uh, with, with gold impact font over it. Uh, very pretty. Uh, good stuff. And it says, on the front side, democracy. But then you flip it over and it says, but
1: for the economy.
0: Ah. <laughs> but for the economy. I think I think I I, I might want one and, and then, you know and again I think you know, I think Parker's right. We really need to simplify these. Make them as just as short as you can. And I think it would just say, "Don't let Sasha Baron Cohen trick you." <laughs>
1: watch out for this man and this man and this man
2: <laughs> he wear a bunch of masks he try and trick you
1: <laughs> oh my god he is kind
2: of a, a, a shapeshifter huh oh,
1: absolutely uh- <laughs> one of the best lizards I can think of Oh, man. Many months
0: has come and gone since I wandered from my home In those Oklahoma hills where I was born Many a page of life has turned, many a lesson I have learned Well, I feel like in those
2: hills I still belong Way down yonder in the Indian nation Ride my pony on the reservation in those Oklahoma hills where I was born now way down yonder in the Indian nation, the cowboys' life is my occupation, In those Oklahoma hills
0: where I was born. Hi, I'm Adam Burnett, and this week we have Parker Nelson and Carl Roberts on the show, and this is Red Star Over Oklahoma. We are small political news podcast about broadcasting about left Oklahoma. Um, we're going to start this week at national news, talking about the trade war between uh, Europe and the U.S. before we go on to... Uh, the $12 billion taxpayer pay a bailout for farmers uh, that Trump approved. And we're going to talk in Oklahoma news about uh, the cancellation of the Windcatcher project and Jabbar Shoemate's resignation from OU, before, of course, getting to our conservative reading list for the week. So let's jump right in. Um, This comes from an Atlantic article, but uh, I'm also going to let Carl discuss a bit of this since he can actually speak to this a little bit more probably than I can. Uh, But so uh, the US and the EU have been pushing and pulling um, over taxes um, or tariffs on imports and exports. Uh, earlier this summer, Trump declared the EU a foe of the United States based on what they do to us in trade. Which, like, I
1: mean, again, yeah, we try like and stay. Top, top 10 anime betrayals, like, easy. Yeah, but, yeah, but
0: yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, we try and stay away from the saber rattly stuff, but, like, it's great to call the EU, like a, like, a democratic bastion of, like, very, like, classical liberal notions of freedom. Eh. Okay. Well, yeah, but like they let they let gay people get married, and they don't kill a lot
2: of ethnic and minorities anymore.
0: Fair. Yeah,
2: yeah, but you have to remember that Hungary is basically just like, what if we were more fascist? How do we make ourselves as fascist? Okay, just carry on, carry on.
0: But as compared to Russia, who goes to England and kills anyone who talks badly about Putin in England. Um, you know, it's just a, it's a weird thing to call the EU a foe and then be like, but Russia and China and North Korea, they're, well, they're the best. Um, and so after he had called them, uh, a foe and the last G7 summit, um, Trump put steel and aluminum uh, tariffs on steel and aluminum coming out of EU, uh, coming out of Europe. Um, uh, uh, Europe responded with uh, taxes on soybeans. Tariffs? Or tariffs on soybeans and natural gas. I'm going to say taxes instead of tariffs like four more times. Don't worry. Um, And Trump, in response to that, uh, basically said that he was going to tax car exports, which is, as I understand, made the Germans and the Swiss very, very, very upset. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, not the Swiss. The Swiss aren't in the EU.
0: Oh. Well, yes. Who is the other, who's the other major car producer in the, in, in, Europe?
2: Uh, France and the Czech Republic are very very big on, on the whole car thing. Okay. Um, producing cars. Skoda, VFW, um, Pugio, um not VFW, VW, Mercedes, yeah, Audi. Um, <laughs> also Sweden. The VFW Skoda. all the way up here
1: in Tulsa? Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, I, I, I
0: didn't mean to say the Swiss. <laughs> I meant to say the Swedish. Dang it. Yeah. That's what I meant to say earlier. But... Um, um. Uh, this is uh, I I think uh, I am I'm, I'm gonna just note this um and and then kind of ask uh, you know ask you guys what what you think on it but um, I I think that the thing that I took out of this is that it's it's really you know these two guys kind of sat down and uh you know these art uh, of the deal mastermind brain geniuses sat down to dissolve these things and in deciding that they wouldn't artificially put place make you know, goods have higher prices through tariffs, they called it a big day for free and fair trade. And like, that to me is always just so insane because well, <laughs> you're just artificially setting the prices of things and you decide not to and you're like, well, that's a great thing for freedom. But anyway, well, I also, like, yeah.
2: It
1: is. That's no.
2: also, <laughs> when people talk about free trade and especially with the U.S. and the E.U., I mean, this is a this is a criticism that especially African countries level at the EU because they trade with the EU a lot. And they're like, we don't have all this fucking money to spend on subsidies. Y'all motherfuckers spend a shit ton of fucking money on subsidies all the goddamn time. And the EU and the US both, as we're going to talk about, spend a shit ton of money subsidizing stuff because capitalists couldn't make money if the government didn't shovel money into their hands because they're all just a bunch of incompetent pieces of shit that have never added anything useful to human society. And so it's like, oh, free trade, we're breaking down barriers to free trade or something between the EU and the U.S.? Well, what about the internal barriers where, by, by your logic, there is no free trade because the subsidies don't exist. You know, it's just, it's so stupid. This whole fucking spat is just so, it's just like, I don't know. Nobody's talking for the people that actually suffer, you know, the working people on both sides of the Atlantic. It's just so stupid.
0: Yeah, and I think that's—I mean—that's always going to be my point in this—is that you know what? One of the reasons why I have such strong criticisms of capitalism is that uh, it, it 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 injects waste into the market by having the people who don't who work the least get the most money. Um, <clears throat> and I think that yeah, I, I as we're about to, to discuss, uh, I think that that's you know something that happens constantly in capitalism. And I think it's something that this is, you know, when they pat themselves on the back for being like, Oh, look at how great we did. No, we did it. We are going to buy more stuff and ship more stuff. It's like to who and why, like you're just wasting more resources and just, you decided not to waste resources as inefficiently as you could. And that gets you, like, a high-five? It just doesn't make any I'm, sense.
1: I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. I don't know what you're t- like. Why not start a conflict and then resolve it and take credit for it? I mean, you, if you're artificially building up your presidency, that's kind of like, you know... Giving the whole point, everybody right? that's giving the narrative what you need, which is hello, I am, you know, at the very least, the side that's spewing bullshit and sucking your dick that is like, oh, look at this president. He's the, if Ronald Reagan was the Teflon president, he's the incredible Hulk. Yes, I am stealing it from Fox News. Thank you.
0: Hmm?
1: Yeah, I mean, you I, should. Uh, but, but yeah, you're, I, I think you're completely right. You know, that, that is a, you know. a perfect point. But I mean, In all reality, though, it's like I think every world leader has this understanding of, hey, you stand up to Trump, you stand up to Trump and call him out like the little bitch he is, but you just get whatever you want, which I think is hilarious.
0: You just don't understand how President Deals works, okay? Right, right. That's exactly what it is.
1: I when you when you get scared because Justin Trudeau tells you to go fuck yourself. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Oh my God, Justin Trudeau couldn't get. He couldn't convince me to give him a paper plate with with uh, lots of French fries covered in gravy to him. Okay.
1: Sure. <laughs>
0: what? You guys don't know what poutine is?
1: I know yes. what poutine is, but I thought you were going to take it somewhere like oh, he couldn't convince me to give him a second paper plate in case his first one was falling out of the. No, I don't. I don't
0: I, I am I am I am saying that. That weak willed, teary-eyed little Actually, I don't just dis- I don't dislike Trudeau too much. He doesn't seem that awful, but that's a story for a different day. We'll wait until he does something bad that we can criticize. <laughs> yeah, that we can talk about. I mean, um,
2: here's 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 all like here's the really big deal for me that I think is so important to say about this kind of trade war shit though. Like, fundamentally What it is, is a situation where we've got two different groups of capitalists who are fighting with each other, you know? We've got the European globalist capitalists, and then we've got the American, like, America first capitalists. And they can't get along with each other because they have to compete. And it's just, it's not good for anybody, you know? And then the whole time we've got the fucking workers, and we've got the fucking Justin Trudeau's of the world watching and being confused and sad because it's just, it's not good for anybody. What's the point? What's the point of, like, Jean-Claude Juncker, like, the weakest drawed man alive, meeting with fucking Donald Trump, the dumbest person who's ever lived? Like, what's, why? Just why? <sighs> well, we all
1: know the That's real reason. That's a big reason. assertion, but I do stand behind you.
0: Well, the <laughs> we all know the real reason is that Juncker had to get sure. um, those sweet, sweet Fortnite uh, tips from uh, <laughs> uh, from. Uh, Baron. B- Baron, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean... Nice it, 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 I, and we know he's listening. First, What's up, um, Baron? Shout-outs, Baron. Uh, mm-hmm. My little man, I know you're doing it. I'm proud of you.
1: Did um, you suggest those flashcards, Baron? Because we really... We're, we're with you. It's brains behind the operation.
2: I think Baron is the one who's actually playing uh, 37th Dimensional Stratego right now to become <laughs> president. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> 46-dimensional Yahtzee.
2: (laughs) Jesus, okay.
0: All right, on that note, (laughs) uh, we're going to move on to our next story for this week. Um, So uh, Trump decided that... um, Basically, this started after uh, Trump levied uh, tariffs on a lot of... um, Industrial agricultural goods from China and China responded with um, a lot in the same way a lot of taxes or a lot of tariffs on uh, Pigs and soybeans rice nuts dairy produce Um, and so um, This is a pretty big deal because Uh, about 26% of all production of pork overseas and one third of US soybeans are sent to China each year. Um, and so, um, soybeans have fallen to their lowest prices in a decade. Uh, the average hog farmer is losing 20 to 25 dollars per pig. Um, and, um, The farm industry is just, just incredibly – it relies on expert exports uh, because the government highly subsidizes the production of food sources that Americans don't eat or need. Um, and so without – I think this is like
2: one – yeah. I think it's important to say that it's not so much that Americans don't eat or need it. It's just that it's not used in the American market yeah, because right. Americans do need it. Yeah. That's a 100 percent a thing. Um.
1: The but, majority of exports coming from the United States to like you know what I mean typically, the majority of what's made here typically goes out, right?
2: No, it's only like a fourth of it does. Yeah, it's
0: a it's a third of yeah. U.S. soybeans and twenty six percent of pig production. Mm-hmm. Is I'm pulling these from a New Republic article, um, and so. The government uh, already spends an average of about $16 billion annually to buy products from farmers who can't find buyers in America or overseas, uh, which has resulted in a massive stockpiling of food across the country. U.S. dairy producers, for example, have 1.39 billion pounds of surplus cheese, which is hilarious. Uh, Not hilarious. So much cheese. It's, it's, it's. Really sad, uh, based on the fact that you know, we did a story last week about the fact that one in five children in Tulsa is food insecure, and there's a 2.5 billion pound surplus of meat, um, in this country, and we're still just letting people char starve because, uh, can't make enough money off of these things, uh, so, um. Trump without congressional approval approved a $12 billion bailout for uh, farmers and um, it's going to include direct payments to farmers, efforts to promote U.S. goods abroad and an expansion of a program that purchases surplus farm output and distributes it to food banks and other anti-hunger programs. (gasps) And I think those are good things. But I think um, this article has a uh, quote from a Dave Kestel, a soybean farmer in Illinois, Illinois, Illinois. And he said, I mean, I understand they're trying to help us. I get that. But it's not a long-term fix. It's a pacifier, so to speak. I'd rather not have it. Uh, Trump has been pretty widely criticized by the Republicans for this uh, because it is, uh, I mean, taking taxpayer dollars and using it to affect the market which is um I don't think that's what capitalists are it's, supposed to do.
2: It's only good whenever you do that by lowering taxes. It's not good when you spend money. That that's a distortion. But changing changing, you know, the the tax rate is not a market distortion. Those those things are totally distinct. Um and
0: so I I mean and I think I I mean yeah, I think I know. You know, my my take on this is that you can solve this problem by instead of focusing on trying to make the most bang for your buck, uh, you know, focusing on saying, okay, what is food that will be eaten? What's where and where can we send it where it is needed? And how, what is the price that it needs to be so that people can eat and eat well instead of the government buying billions of pounds of meat and cheese and storing them and then kids still starve.
2: Yeah, and I mean that's part of this thing too because this whole idea of uh we're going to bail out these farmers by redistributing by buying and then redistributing some of this food to food pantries and food banks and so on. Food pantries and food, food banks don't exist to feed people like regularly. They exist to feed people in emergency situations. That's the whole idea is that like normally you can eat and then for some reason you can't make ends meet this month, so you have to go to the food bank, right? That's that's kind of the whole goal because other things are supposed to take care of that, like SNAP or TANF or WIC or other food programs are supposed to make sure that people are getting food on their table regularly. And so it's like even this system is not really that great because like food isn't produced to be eaten. I mean, that's what this whole story should tell everybody. Nobody, nobody gives a shit if you eat the food or not. It's just produced for a profit. It doesn't have any. The whole eating part of the food that we grow in America just isn't there. It's not. It's not a part of the process. It's not a consideration. You know, and that's a really bad thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then and I, it, it is just yeah. I think like you said, it's just not reflective of the. You know, they always, you know, a capitalist and, and a lot of people like to term the market and how the market should do this or the market should do that. But like right now, you're not having an uh, industrial agricultural, you know, an agricultural industry that is reflective of the needs of the population. It's just, they've just kind of done this without thought and gone, okay, well, we'll just make as much food as we can and we'll grow the best cops and, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they follow the science and, you know, do all the different things. But uh, it, it is just ridiculous that, uh, you know, every time anyone wants to say, well, maybe we should have more ability for, like, people to get, like, access to food or access to healthcare or access to free and reduced housing, it's like, no, but we could write a $12 billion check with no congressional approval to continue down a road of what is essentially total waste.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also, I mean, it's one of those things that tells you, I think, in a lot of ways, something that a lot of people don't seem to understand. You know, people so often, especially on the right, you know, everybody from like, I don't know. Business-oriented Republicans, to uh, anarcho-capitalists, always say the shit where they're like, you know, the government infused with the market and it gets in the way, and it like, you know, that's not what capitalists want. And it's like, this is exactly what capitalists want. This is how they make money, you know. Absolutely. And, and, and protection
1: and, of your interests isn't always going to be better than the vacation, like than any like sort of governing institution vacating them.
2: Well, yeah, and saying, oh, you actually have to compete isn't good for capitalists either, because that means. One of you know, one of them will win eventually. And yeah, it's like down. somebody's
1: a loser, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, and so you want this instead, and so all this fucking bullshit when people are like, "Oh yeah, we could capitalism," you know, if we just got rid of the government waste and so on. No, you you can't do that because it's the capitalists who want that because this makes them more money, and so the the system is designed in a way that where we can have oh we're spending twelve fucking billion dollars while at the same time we're saying we should maybe cut SNAP benefits. That twelve million dollars, all that does is pad profit, pad profits. It doesn't do anything of value to society. And then cutting something like SNAP benefits kills people. And for right. some reason, that makes sense in this fucking hell world we live in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always it's always just uh, a you know <sighs> peanuts to trees comparison to me. It's always you know for us to fund SNAP or to fund. The, the kind of social programs that we always talk about. It is always, you know, so much less than what they already do to just help the rich stay rich. And well,
2: it's, it's also one of those things that's so much more beneficial because what is this $12 billion going to do? This $12 billion isn't going to fucking help. You know, this isn't going to go back into the economy or anything. This is going to mm. go into the shareholder pockets of the people who own... Big agribusiness companies. That's all it's going to do. And then when you talk about something like SNAP, every SNAP dollar that gets spent adds a dollar seventy in economic activity to the community it gets spent in. You know mm-hmm. that actually helps people. That kind of shit helps people. And this shit doesn't help people. But it just goes it? to I don't know. Well, no, no. You know what it goes to? Those pockets.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what it really goes to? Well, we're gonna pay them twelve billion dollars so that they can keep working, so that they can make more crops, so that they can overproduce crops, and then we'll buy back even more from them to just store (laughs) and not use
1: stockpile. Yeah, Yeah. it's
0: just and not use to not use
1: or give to people. It's just
0: it's the sustaining of inefficiency that is so problematic here where with the same amount of money you know if, you know if, if you know we're talking about hardcore conservatives or hardcore republicans who you know oh you couldn't ever give everyone free food like okay yeah we could we could just do this
1: yeah we literally could <laughs> hello you just <laughs> did, did it. You, did you, you hear the 2.5 <laughs> billion pounds? Exactly. We've already spent that money. We already have that food. Can you even conceptualize that? Because I can't. Instead, no, it just doesn't
2: make sense.
0: Instead, we're it using taxpayer sense. money to fund private sector economic growth that isn't efficient. And that is – I mean that's, that's – what, what, what do we get yelled at about Venezuela constantly for? oh, well, the state took over the economy and it ruined it by making it inefficient. And the inflation is so terrible. Okay, well, let's like that is what you're doing right now, here.
2: Yeah, except except the thing is, in Venezuela, like people don't have access to food for a lot of complicated reasons that aren't caused by socialism at all, blah, 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 blah. But in the U.S., the problem is not that the food isn't getting into the country. The problem is that the food isn't getting to the people who need it. Like, that's, that's a bigger difference and that's a really important one because everybody's like, yeah. oh, Venezuela, oh, look, the economy shit. Well, what's the point of our economy if we're stockpiling massive amounts of food while people are hungry? Like, why did we even produce that food then? What was the point? We could have spent that time doing other things or, or devoted that energy to other things. And, Listen, and, Carl, and now- I hear
0: you talking about a state. All right, a state economy, and I am just letting you know that if we don't just produce capital and not think about like how we produce the capital, yeah,
1: you're gonna well, ruin well, everything. No, one's gonna, be, no one's gonna be, no one's gonna be driven to
0: do anything.
1: Yeah, the GDP numbers, man. As long as those keep rising, you know, it's it's literally like just a, like, a like one of those one of those click click games, click to play. You know what I mean? As long as the numbers keep rising, that's all that matters to these people. Yeah, and, as, and of course, they, you know, you were able to maintain your class status. Literally, not, n- nothing else matters. Well, speaking of
0: things that don't matter anymore, American Electric Power Company's $4.5 billion <laughs> dollar wind catcher project was done in by Shake Economics and may become a teaching moment for other developers planning big, clean energy projects. This comes from a Bloomberg article, which means it's going to be awful. <laughs> but uh, That's true. We're, we're, we're going to move over to Oklahoma News and talk about the uh, decision to pull the plug on the Windcatcher project. Um, and... This came after Texas regulators rejected the project this Thursday because it doesn't offer quote it quote unquote didn't offer enough benefits for ratepayers. Um which, you know, in my opinion, anything that gets us off of the teat of um big oil is like not just saving the planet, but uh like really 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 good. Um yeah. Yeah, very true.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think it's kind of interesting, like, the the story here and why it's so important that we don't, like... It's really instructive to me about why... One, why capitalism is problematic because it sees things as numbers, but then also, two, um, how how that, like, forecloses on the ability to talk about other things, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Really how you mean- do that
2: because... You like well. You look. You look over this, and what happened was they were saying we're going to build wind Cache- catcher, um, and the whole idea was, okay, it's going to be, it's going to be a way to drive down prices for people, right? It's going to be super great. It'll it'll do a good job, um, of doing that. And then they were saying to build it, we have to be able to. That- like, this quote is pretty telling. The two gigawatt wind farm had faced significant barriers from the start. American Electric was seeking upfront guarantees from regulators that consumers would pay the cost plus a profit. And the cancellation <laughs> raises questions about whether that model will help utilities build other big renewable energy projects. And so the whole reason that the... the um, AEP. AEP, uh, PSO, etc., all of them said no to it is because they were like, well, we know that we're going to have to pay all this money... That the rate payers the people who pay for energy are gonna have to pay all this money And we know what that amount of money is but we don't know what the price of energy is gonna be so we can't do it And so there's this really big problem where instead of wind catcher been sold as something else we could probably have gotten around that, you know Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think windcatcher catcher had been sold as like this is a way for us to end our dependency on fossil fuel It's a way for us to increase energy security It's a way for us to create new jobs and like start training people to work in in an industry that's going to be growing a lot more, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you know, there would have been a really good argument for it. And instead of saying, look, we're going to pass a deal on to ratepayers," it would have been, look, and if we had been able to see that, it would have been something a lot more beneficial, I think.
0: Yeah, I also think it it is, um, I think it is important to note that one of the big things that stopped this was a bunch of the federal tax cuts uh, approved in December, um, mm-hmm. that um, made it Almost even great more great. profitable for oil to continue and for fossil fuels to continue and, to be used, and
2: also made it made it more expensive for them to build it as well. Yeah, um, and it's just kind of it's
0: it's one of those things where I mean you know we you know we know the outcome you know when oil lobbyists are there they make it on one hand more difficult to change to wind energy and also make it more profitable to continue to sell oil the way they do uh you know which results in obviously this failing yeah
2: well and the other thing too is that it's like they lost this what 245 million dollars in tax credits that they had planned as part of the the thing which is not like a huge amount in a 4.5 billion dollar project, but is like something, right? Um, and then there's that Vox article that came out this week about how the oil industry gets trillions upon trillions of dollars in subsidies across the United States, you know?
1: Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm.
2: it's something like if you if you do all the costs, it's something like 30 trillion dollars a year in subsidies. It's some absolutely ungodly number. And then, you know natural gas is really cheap because of that, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, we can't be sure that this is going to produce cheaper energy, even though like the the, the negative externalities of, of wind energy production are almost none when you compare it to, to any fossil fuels,
1: you know? See, see, Carl, I think you're missing the point here, and it's that the big oil barons are really just looking out for the cognitive health of America, and they want to clog up the air so much to like fog it up so much to where we can't see these gigantic islands of plastic that are floating around <laughs> different places that are coming from the United States. So they're like, Oh, uh, three birds. Once one, once, one, one smoggy stone where, you know, let's just dump all the money in fossil fuels. And that way nobody has to think about it. I, 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 for one appreciate, you know, BP, Chesapeake, you know, all those for, for thinking, uh, for the, what's best for America.
0: I just love that private co- corporations... You say we don't invest
1: in mental health, that we do. <laughs>
0: uh, I just love that private corporations get to make decisions about my future without um, really...
2: Any of your say.
0: Any of my oversight, or What's say, or, any, or whatsoever. They just kind of do their own thing, which I guess is great.
1: Or well, awful. We're investing in Mars terraforming, Adam, so we can make the planet exactly like we want it. Oh God! I've always said that. I've always said that. I can't. I can't do that yeah. right
0: now. It's we're, we're all too hungover to have that
1: conversation. Okay. Yes. Ugh. <laughs> other, other, another Oklahoma news today. Uh, we also have Jabar shoemate that um, was basically forced to resign uh, from his university position. Um, that was quote unquote forced to resign. Uh, "Quote unquote," forced to rest- uh, uh, allegedly forced to respond according to him, or uh, re- re- resign according to him from the uh, his position as vice president. Um, uh, at a- one of the vice presidents at OU in response to the SAE incident from a couple of years ago, where obviously they shouted a bunch of racial slurs that were recorded on a bus and ended up getting kicked uh, kicked off of campus because of that. Um, they, he, 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 claims that he was approached um by uh, a couple of members of the uh, of the. Planning committees uh, when they were trying to they're trying to downsize Gallagher, uh starting off as the university president downsize uh, the administrative costs um, and they they basically there was a setup in the old SAE building for a number of different types of institutions right um, there was the uh, university the office of university community which is what he was running that was supposed to be um, outreach like to be doing more outreach for um, minorities and being able to give more scholarships and those types of things for. Um different types of university individ- or uh, individuals coming to the university that they could reach out to. Um, but also uh, there was there was a couple of other um, a couple of other departments inside of the building. They were the, the there had been talks uh, according to uh, Shume, uh that under like under the table of bringing saE back to the to the university. Um, and basically that they would have to clear out of the old fraternity house in order to uh, bring this sort of community back. Now, these allegations have also been uh, sort of contested by the national chapter of SAE saying there's like no, like there's absolutely no way um, the charter. Like there's just they're basically suspended indefinitely. The charter won't be granted for this. But this is uh, there was an audit done. Of Jabbar Shumate's, um vehicle individually, and it does look re- like pretty pretty damn suspicious that they're trying to bully him out because um, they a lot of people from or the the people who they interviewed in the So Daily article from Fleet Services and whatnot say uh, well uh, I, their quotes are kind of like this is a gross misuse of university vehicles when they there has never been like this extensive of an audit in the 14 years. Um, that this guy that you, that you could compare it to this, this guy basically said is this is an unprecedented audit of this university vehicle and um OU is making a lot of like really general claims of like university misuse of using it for like using this vehicle that was partitioned to your like or given to your department um for your own personal personal uses which just includes like going to your house that you live at or you know taking well, uh, those uh, and- type yeah
2: Shoemate also said, he came out and said, and he was like, yeah, you know, he didn't challenge the audit. He didn't say the data is wrong or something. He said, uh, no, this is something that we had discussed previously that, that they knew about and that they had agreed to. And now they're coming out and they're publishing this after, after they told me I was forced to, I was either going to have to resign or be fired. And, and now this audit is coming out, and, and the fact that he's not denying it, the fact that he's saying this is totally, this is something that is not only normal, but that they knew about the whole time, is one of those things where it's like, well, maybe, hmm, I don't know, maybe they are ousting him, you know what I mean? Because normally you would just say this is horseshit, right? Um, Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And, I mean, it, it kind of is because, like, the, there's – all of this was very much made – like, this audit data was very much made public and hyped up by a couple of – like, I mean, like the you Daily article, for instance, you know what I mean? Which um, I, I don't think is very – granted, it's written, they're written by students, you know what I mean? But they definitely um, don't include any sort of take other than his admittance to this audit um, in the AU Daily article, whereas we can put up a Tulsa World article that I found, actually, that um, – that they got to interview Shumate um, talking about how, uh, like, that the Office of University or uh, University Outreach, or Office of University Community, excuse me, were the only ones to ask to leave the SAE building after he challenged not bringing SAE back uh, in a couple of administrative meetings. So, I mean, that in and of itself may be a little problematic, absolutely, actually hugely problematic, and seems like, uh, like not a really good take for the brand new university president.
0: Well, you say that, but I've read the uh, comments underneath most of these articles, and it seems like everyone is. The, the take I'm hearing over and over is well, finally, Gallagher is going to get in there. And, you know, David Boren was just creating six figure administrative positions to piss people off. And so, what he's doing, he's getting there, he's eliminating those positions so that the school will run more efficiently. Which really just means tuition's gonna keep going up and Gallagly and his buddies are gonna just stuff their pockets and the, the students are gonna have yeah. less access to, like, helpful people.
2: And they're gonna cut positions for humanities people and they're gonna do that kind of shit. And I mean, the thing... I don't... This, this is so fucking insane to me, this whole story with, with, with Shoemate because you had that story about that guy in the theater department who, you know, had, like, multiple thousands of, like, creepy – you know, was making weird movies about how, like, men should be killing women and the matriarchy is destroying male society and, you, you know, was apparently sexually abusing students and had been for multiple years. And it took a shitstorm to get him out of office. It took a shitstorm storm. get Not him just get
0: him out of office. Off I mean, they didn't the even – they didn't even really – yeah, exactly. It, it, they, they eventually separated from him, but, I mean, he was – I mean, he wasn't, he was a, a, like an alumnus position and they really, all they said was, well, we're not going to talk to him anymore. They didn't even really do anything about that.
2: Well, no, he was, he was professor emeritus. Oh, that's what he was. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, he, he, he got ousted from that. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but it took, it took a shit ton. You know, the university knew about this. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Skemhorn. Um, yeah. The university knew about this apparently for a while, you know, all this damning stuff comes out, et cetera, et cetera, and it wasn't immediate, it wasn't anything. And here, with, with Shoemate, they force him out of office behind closed doors whenever, you know, for doing something that, that Shoemate doesn't even deny, where he says, this is normal. Um, this, is, this is normal, this is something right. they
1: knew about. Well, why'd you give him a car
2: if you weren't going to expect him to
0: drive home?
1: <laughs> well,
0: not, not only not even, that...
1: Like, but they—they had. What, what's blowing me away, right? Is and I mean, this might be a little safe rep, but I mean it, that the two other departments that were in the fraternity house—the Students Veterans Association and the Disability Resource Center—sorry, I, I I didn't have one <clears> hand, <throat> right when I when I mentioned that point. Schumate said that he believed those groups have not been in discussion to vacate the SAE house because they would be less problematic than an office working on diversity. And I definitely think that that plays a pretty obvious implication in what's going on. Yeah. So. It's very much so a non coincidence that all of these particular things are coming together, and the fact that he's worked there for three years, did not have one infraction on his file, not one negative evaluation. Was it's basically just the complete blindside? Like there's absolutely no, you know, no no problems with him him, like his work as an administrator, or having the university go from a national crisis to winning an award for two years in a row for diversity. You know, I mean those types of things just apparently don't matter.
2: And 100% what happened is is that they hadn't <clears> – <throat> no one was at the point of being official about SAE opening up the chapter again, right? Because SAE has been kicked off OU's chapter, and they did the same thing with the SAE building in the late, uh, in the late 80s uh, through the mid-90s, right? Where they turned right. it into, like, a different space for the university because the university owns the frat houses. And 100% somebody brought it up, and they're like, hey, we're going to slowly start talking about that. We're going to slowly start talking to them. And Jabar shoemate, you know, Jabar Shumate – represented North Tulsa in the State uh, House of Representatives whenever I went to Booker T. Washington. And he was a wonderful, outstanding guy, and he fought for racial equality the whole time he was there. And he 100% took that same opinion that he had back then, and he said, no, this is bullshit. We are not letting a group of – an organization that apparently has, like, structural racism built in – because it wasn't just, like – SAE people shouting the n-word or something it was an SAE chant that talked about lynching people and use the n-word and Jabbar's roommate 100% of that meeting was like are you fucking kidding me that you all would talk about this and so they knew that he'd been using the car because they told him that and then they said look you've been using the car wrong and they ousted him immediately and it's just it's it's the most fucking it's scuzzy shit, and it's exactly what you would expect from somebody like Logley who got hired to keep the fucking rich oil donors to the university fucking happy instead of actually doing stuff that might be valuable to students as well. It's, really? it's so ridiculous.
0: Well, it's because they have a captive market, and you know, and, 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 and my own personal belief is that – and as a as – as having been a student at the University of Oklahoma for – I'm entering my seventh year now um, – one of the things is, I mean, you know, if, if, if education was funded, you know, by the state and it was a right you had to go get an education, then there wouldn't be all this hand wringing because they wouldn't be making money. There would be no profit motive. But instead, we've injected a profit motive into higher education because they can. And that has resulted in, yeah, terrible outcomes for students, terrible outcomes for educators. And really great outcomes for shareholders. Yeah. It's almost like profit motives drive decision-making.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Who would have (laughs) thought? Who would have thought? Who would (laughs) have thought?
0: Anyway, do you want to move on to conservative reading list for the week?
2: Yes. Yes. This week wasn't that great. I wasn't that happy with the stuff they pulled up. You know, it, it's been really hard well, after, for me not being able to access the Tulsa world. Yeah, well, annoyed.
0: and after, I mean, I, and I'll just go ahead and say this. Listen, Oklahoma editorial board, I know you're out there. I know you're listening because last week's article, I, I went back and reread it and I re listened <laughs> to the show a couple times and I've decided that you wrote that about us. And guess what? They had to. Guess what? We're still going to roast you. And you're still wrong. <laughs> and. If you want to write about us, write to us. I'm telling you right now. If you want to, if you want to put on your big boy shoes, we're right here.
2: We, we don't got nothing going on. Meeting of the minds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not what I was gonna say. I was gonna advocate for the amount Adam would masturbate if he actually got a, an article referencing his name. But you <laughs> oh, know, it's, it's about the same.
2: Yeah, Adam, you should probably pass the bar before we have an article. <laughs> About the show. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I don't want to think about all that right now, so... <laughs> let's just move
2: past... Okay, what, okay.
0: ...the bar. Oh, God. Okay.
2: <laughs> yes. So, so, let's go to the article. Uh, Congressional Democrats charting yet another course. Uh, is published on Friday, July 27th. Um, let's just get into it. Um... Democratic voters want to see their party turn to someone new at the top of the ticket in 2020. Meantime, Democratic members of Congress have decided they needed a new message to sell to voters. Can Apparently, you say that?
1: Can you, can you just use the word meantime like that?
2: No. <laughs> no. That's wrong. Okay. I was also going to go It's It's, it's uh, like just was... saying, but back at the farm.
1: Meantime. Continue. Well, no,
2: because you can say, but back at the farm. That's appropriate. <laughs> Well, I guess you, you can't just say
1: mean to farm. You can't, you can't just put the two words mean in time because I don't know. God. Well,
2: I don't know. know. There are really good reporters at the Oklahoman, and I don't know how the editorial board that works. I don't know. Like, you should really have a very basic understanding of the English if you're going to be on the fucking editorial board for a newspaper. I don't, maybe that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, but, but let's go. Let, let's keep going. Um. Apparently, Donald Trump's policies are proving more problematic for the party than his opponents would have hoped.
1: There we go. That as well as as well as for his party. But so. okay,
0: okay, we were
2: we, we,
1: yeah <laughs> the kind of yeah problems for everyone.
0: Like that that doesn't make God uh, that doesn't doesn't make any sense because like we're a country. We shouldn't be making problematic like. So, oh, 51% of the country uh, wanted this guy, and now the other 49% have to suck it.
1: Why is that yeah. just the only thing that they have the ability to say? I mean, I, I, I give them credit on being able to prepackage that metaphor in a bunch of different ways, but, like, they're literally just, like, 12.
0: Yeah. yeah I, to I be mean, fair, it's a- their writing isn't very, very advanced either, but, uh, you know. Maybe we're asking too much.
1: I mean, we're, we're, we are also, I, I, we know, we, we always, we just, we all have the memory of goldfish and just forgot about the first 45 minutes of the podcast, so continue. It's only <laughs> for the Democrats.
2: Yeah, uh, um, but yeah let's keep reading. Um, the left's harsh criticism of Trump that began with his entry into the 2016 Republican presidential campaign hasn't slowed during his 18 months in office. Trump has been his own worst enemy at times and seemingly has provided fodder that opponents believe. Could grease the skids for Democrats in the midterms and for the party in 2020.
0: I love again that these what little <laughs> shitheads are like. Like this is the same group of people who would be like, um, excuse me, being anything but heterosexual is a crime. We should, we should bring back sodomy laws, and we should make this. Uh, you know what? It is immoral to love a man. Uh, but you know, sometimes you pay off a, a porn star after you cheat on your third wife uh, who's pregnant um, with that porn star. I mean, it's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's more. Yeah, that's, that's totally cool. He was white and straight, so it doesn't matter.
2: Ooh. Also rich. Don't forget that. Oh, rich part. Jesus. That's, I that's almost
0: true. did. Oh, my God. Yeah, he yeah. was has money. I'm He's white, heterosexual, uh, and has money. Jeez, he, he could do anything he wants. I'm wanted. still
1: st- stuck on the metaphor of grease the skids like who the oh, fuck just, is writing this
2: i'm stuck on this whole sentence like look over that sentence again trump has been his own worst enemy at times and seemingly has provided fodder that opponents believe should grease the skids for democrats in the midterms and for the party in 2020 like what i don't know
0: yeah there, there, How? there are like two or three different tenses going on there's a I mean, this, like subjunctive in there. Uh, it's this reads like German way.
2: academic writing, and like that's not a good. That's not a compliment. It's not. This is a bad thing. Nothing should read like that. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's also stupid. Like yeah, grease the skids. What the fuck.
0: Well, you know this isn't. This is this is a 65 year old man from uh, Oklahoma, and the only time he's ever been able to ride on a sled is after he rolled, he rubbed petroleum on the bottom <laughs> of the skids of his sled and then pushed it down a gravel hill.
2: Adam, are you saying you've driven up to Miami from Disney yes. and, and, and greased up a sled and gone down the chap piles? Yes, no, you're admitting.
1: I am. Uh,
0: what these what these uh, people don't understand is that I'm more Oklahoma than they'll ever be. That's
2: true. You're not a, a city dandy pretending to be a cowboy.
0: No, um, I am lake you're, people. You're no, you're a hill
2: person. Okay, you're a hill person. You're the kind of people that people say hill hill people are terrifying about.
0: It's fair. Uh-oh. You've been to where I grew up. It, it is true. the hill it's, people. It's
2: accurate. <laughs> um, but let's get let's get back to these big city dandies uh, writing about Donald Trump, huh?
0: <laughs> well, Donald um, Trump can, is also a uh, – if you didn't know, he is also a cowboy.
2: Big city dandy. Um, Does oh, he own a ranch we don't
0: know about? He should. No, oh, probably.
2: No. I don't think he's ever been anywhere rural that wasn't a golf course. You know, <laughs>
0: I'll be honest, guys. I sometimes look back and I miss W and his dress up. You remember when he used to be a cowboy for a little while? And then he was a fighter yeah, pilot? Uh, Oh, oh, man. I, yeah. I loved watching him dress up. It was the best.
2: Anyway. Yeah, but do you remember that one time Trump got into a fire truck and pretended like he was driving it? Uh, mm-hmm.
0: He was on SNL Checkmate one time. Checkmate liberals. He was on <laughs> SNL one time, uh, and he was in overalls and a straw hat, and he sang the uh, Green Acres song. Donald Trump did that? Yeah. What? That's not a joke.
2: Okay, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look that up later. Let's get back to the article see, at this see, point.
1: See, see, I just hope that Donald Trump can get something Oh, it was the Emmys, not, not SNL.
0: Green Acres is the place to be. Farm living
1: is the life for me. Land spreading out so far and wide. Keep Manhattan, just give me that countryside. Donald Trump just needs to get something as magnificent as that um, monument to the a uh, Bush shoe throwing incident. So he he doesn't have anything <laughs> yeah, remotely he, on that.
0: He had that happen, don't you remember? Uh, here here is the the uh, uh, analogies. All right. So Bush got a shoe through at him, and Donald Trump allowed Turkish bodyguards to beat up American citizens
2: in Washington D.C. See how that works? Yeah, that'd be a cool monument, though. But, no. okay, let's, let's, let's go back after our long
1: <laughs>
2: and good riff. Um, uh, continuing, uh, this, this is this is a good part. This is important. Um, yet they don't seem to have many answers for the strong economy, which has been buoyed by the easing of Obama-era regulations that were harmful to businesses. They don't have much to say about an unemployment rate of about 4%, or the lowest black unemployment rate ever. Jesus. Jesus. And and the reason this paragraph is important is because these are just Donald Trump talking points that they're, like, printing as, as the op-ed page. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know if they're doing that because they believe it. I think it is because they believe it, because I think they have serious brain worms. But it's also, like, they're doing it because they have a market that likes it, instead of, you know, being able to say, um, I, I don't know, something this also- that isn't there's also opinions. like
1: fucking subterfugal rejection of their own racism in and the black unemployment rate. Yeah, Jesus Christ, y'all have some well, serious cognitive dissonance. You need to like, I, uh, like uh, uh, get some help with.
2: And then also like this, also this thing where it's like the economy is really strong. Do you know what determines how an economy, how strong an economy is? Like uh, contrative cycles, um, a, a long things that don't have to do with presidents and have to do a lot more with congressional regulation et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. like it's just not it's not real that the president decides how the the president doesn't decide now we're gonna have a good economy and then you do like that's the dumbest fucking political shit in the world it's so stupid um
1: continue, continue.
2: jobless claims have fallen to the lowest level since 1969 and there's now a 17 year high in the proportion of american workers who quit their jobs because they think they can get a better one For the first time, U.S. job openings now outnumber the number of unemployed Americans, which is another one of those things where it's like, that doesn't mean anything. What jobs are those? You know, are those well-paying jobs? Are those jobs people can live on? Because as everybody in Oklahoma knows, sure, there might be a shit ton of work. Maybe it's not that hard to get a job, but you're not making enough money to live on. And what's the point of, of, of being unemployed? Like, I honestly think it is better to be unemployed and... if. You have all that fucking time, you know, instead of working a job that doesn't pay you enough because you're in the same situation where you don't have the money to support yourself. It's just when you're working, when you're underemployed, you also have to spend a shit ton of time kissing the boss's ass, you know, mm-hmm. like it's it's just stupid. Um, but let's keep going. They're going to get to the meat now. Um, how you to haven't that been at
0: the meat already? Goddamn. No,
2: no. No. Uh, Take a while to prove a point at the Oklahoma editorial board. That's good editing, right? (laughs) Yeah, fair shit. Um, So so they, they ask, how to answer that? House Democrats believe a new slogan will make a dent. They have settled on, for the people. This replaces their previous slogan, which was to promise a better deal, better skills, better jobs, better wages. And... I don't know. That sounds like a pizza slogan to me. the The original one. Better jobs. (laughs) It sounds like Papa John's.
0: Yeah. It's all, but that's the thing: is that we're run by a bunch of uh, half-hearted ad who don't really care about anything except making themselves more money. And so, yeah, of course, their slogans are sound like Papa John's. Of course, they do.
2: Yeah, because it's just these soulless comms people that basically run the Democratic Party and are just trash. And like for the people, okay, that's actually pretty good, but they you know have to what's go through this an thing even better where the first one. Thing they say is better skills. Here, the watch The slogan I, they had. It, it implies that the problem is that people aren't good enough, and that's why their lives are shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, because I, I hear it. Watch. I, I, I took one advertising class in uh college and here watch okay eat the rich make the poor <laughs> wealthy uh um, you deserve no more billionaires yeah you deserve something how about that one yeah how about that We're just not even going to define it we're just going to say you deserve something you <laughs> as opposed deserve- to the nothing you have now
2: yeah it's like you deserve to be able to live without worrying about you know whatever you want to however you want to shorten it that's that's just how it should be um, okay, let's let's keep going, because this is also pretty telling, both from the Oklahoma editorial board and then also from <laughs> the Democrats, uh, this next paragraph. The plan, for Representative Terry Bustos of Illinois, is to focus on three areas where Democrats say Trump has broken campaign promises. Infrastructure spending, lowering prescription drug costs, and healthcare and government corruption. Sometimes you have to clearly and simply put out how we're different, she said. And the first thing is that why does it matter that Trump broke campaign promises? The Democrats should be saying exactly what we just described. You deserve health care. You know, you deserve education. You deserve a job. You deserve a living wage. And instead they have to do this fucking mealy mouth shit where like Donald Trump said he would make it better. And <laughs> the Oklahoman rightfully figures out that it's stupid. You know, and I never thought I'd say that, but they do.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. No, exactly. I mean, I, it just—I don't understand how we don't have people within the political sphere that like advocate for a majority of what we're talking about. As if it's not blatantly obvious. That just kind of escapes me as well. Like this is yeah. really your same plan of ingress. It's just something that's kind of exhausting and not even like worth you know discussing anymore. It's like uh, we we've, we've beaten this dead horse to nearly nothing.
0: Yeah, so let's keep going. (laughs) Okay, let's
1: keep going. Um, What else do I do on Sundays?
2: (laughs) Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi, D-California, announced the new campaign by saying Democrats were offering a better deal for the people with better jobs, better wages, and a better future. A wag at the Daily Caller noted Pelosi tried to combine the slogans and ended up ruining both. Which is (laughs) not true.
1: (laughs) What a a classic Pelosi!
2: (laughs) I like him. Yeah.
1: I also
0: love that they take the best hot takes from other conservative people and are just like, here's other people's hot takes. It's like, at least we take hot takes that (laughs) we don't like and make hot takes about them and not just be like, hey, we're going to read this Jacobin article about how great we are.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, but Adam... How else are you going to keep those numbers up of being the worst newspaper in America if you don't do that, you know? <laughs> we don't even. They, never mind. I to <laughs> stuff. <stop>. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Um, of course, slogans don't win elections, candidates do. All right. Defeating hold on. Trump right. In two stop, 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 yeah, yeah, stop, stop,
0: stop, stop, stop. Ah! <laughs> slogans <laughs> don't win elections candidates do it's like oh well uh, have your good ideas we'll just let russia steal the election i have not saber rattling on this show because we're not allowed to but you know what i just love that people who were tricked into voting for a con man by a foreign country are like well <laughs> our candidates are better like no you were tricked <laughs> you were lied yeah, to well <laughs>
2: also the guy who literally does not know anything it can't string I guess that's why the Oklahoma likes Donald Trump because they also can't string a sentence together that's like comprehensible and follows the basic <laughs> rules of English grammar I guess I mean, you know, yeah, this, is, a, this
0: is technically this is technically a run-on sentence but whatever
2: yeah <laughs> okay well let's go let's go. Um, Defeating Trump in two years, Democratic voters say, should be left to someone new instead of Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, or Hillary Clinton. Those three continue to be mentioned as possible candidates, but 73% 73 of those polled by Rasmussen said, no thanks. In 2016, with Clinton the clear frontrunner, only 36% of Democrats were calling for a new face. And I don't get the point of that. I, I don't. I don't know. Like, this article takes a really weird turn now, and I just want everybody to just try and understand it. We're going to read through it and try and understand it. Um, They continue. But she's worn out her welcome. 58% of those polled by Rasmussen and said Clinton had been bad for the Democratic Party. 22% had said she had been good for the Dems. I don't know
1: <laughs> how those I numbers mean, aren't
2: higher s- since she since lost the, the election to Donald Trump. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, or, like, you know, <laughs> since she instituted a bunch of really horrible policies in the 90s. Like, I mean, her track record has been pretty bad for a pretty long time. I yeah.
0: don't... Well, okay, um, so are they saying that Donald Trump should be the new Democrats and they should have, like, a further right, like... Like, they should actually I, have, like, fascist Nazis, like, run as the, like, new Republican Party? Like, is that... I what don't...
2: Well, it seems like they're saying that Hillary Clinton is going to run again. That seems to be the Oh, she definitely is. I mean, she is, but they seem to be thinking that she's going to win the nomination. She probably that, will. That, like, she shouldn't be involved or something. I just don't I mean, know the what they're trying time? to make. I don't know what... The point is, they're trying to like it's called congressional Democrats charting yet another course, and there's it's nothing about from,
1: congressional Democrats in here except yeah, for Nancy, Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi ruining slogans, which it's a Nancy Pelosi thing to do. Well, yeah. I appreciate that, Oklahoma editorial board, actually. But, but
2: that's the thing. They're sitting the here from, thinking
1: <laughs> that like that Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton are like the the, the essence of the Democratic Party, which uh, uh I don't know how I feel about that one, but I know, yeah, they're definitely know, not representative
2: of. The voters in a meaningful way, um, since <sighs> yeah, extremely uh, rich people okay. that don't like. Uh, but okay, I'll read some more. Um, uh, these last two among, paragraphs
0: are really. I think they. I think this is a call for Nazis.
2: I don't. I don't know what it is. I'll, I'll read out to the end, okay? Um, and even among those twenty-two percent, three-fifths believe the party needs to look elsewhere in twenty-twenty. Rasmussen found that voters see more chance for Trump to be reelected. Democrats and their allies in Hollywood and elsewhere continue to attack Trump, but quote, few voters think Trump bashing will pay off for his opponents in the next election. It's something the party may want to consider as it charts yet another new course for America. And like, I don't get how I don't get how he got there. Like, what's the narrative of this article?
1: Democrats um, and their allies in Hollywood, because you know all those Hollywood people being liberals
0: oh my god well see but that's i i i have we have all three but i i have read too much uh, dark parts of the internet that every time i hear the phrase allies in hollywood i hear jew and
2: yeah no that's what they mean it's it's a dog whistle
0: and i just don't I don't understand but like I get like the oh, but uh, I, Again, like I said this earlier, but it's like these people are the same people who would like tell you that if you smoked pot one time That you are now like a criminal and are Predisposed to like theft and being immoral and if you're not a Christian but then they're like uh, completely fine with backing a man who beats women sexually assaults women Allegedly, he'll sue us if I don't say allegedly. Um, allegedly, g- grabs women by the genitalia whenever he wants to, and cheats on his wife allegedly, and with porn stars, and like they're just fine with that. And P pee- tapes. But, yeah, but anytime P- tapes, allegedly, allegedly. Uh, but <laughs> anytime. Like, they, 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 they want a grandstand about this, and, like, I promise you, these are the same people who, like, would love to have a moral crusade against anything, and instead, they're like, oh, well, well, well you can't talk bad about Trump, or it'll lose you the election. like, no. No. I'm going to continue to call... I'm going to continue to call him out for the things that he's done, allegedly. Yeah.
2: And, and I mean... I think they also do have a point, though, in a sense that it's not enough to Trump bash. But it's just like, how would you not do that? You know, this is literally an article where they call out Trump. They call out they call Trump his own worst enemy, you know, like and then they still say this shit. And it's just I, I don't know. I don't know, guys.
1: You all should get it together and write us another article. It'll be better for you. It'll be better content for us. Trying to just dribble on about, uh, you know, whatever it is that you're talking about or like, and I mean, I kind of agree with the sentiment that, you know, just bashing Trump isn't enough that, you know, you definitely have to put somebody semi-inspiring, some A semi coalition builder together on the national level, you know, get a fucking platform because just shitting on Trump really isn't like a campaign strategy. And I think that's like.
2: Well, it lost. It lost. It lost. Saying Donald Trump is a piece of shit and it's terrible. If you want to actually know what my campaign is about, you can go read my fucking website. Lost. When it should have been a full throated, you deserve a high standard of living. Yeah. When it should have been. A narrative about something instead of just well, he's he's stupid, he, Cheeto Man, dumb or something, you know. But See, it's just like, I,
1: but why am I doing all this work for you, Oklahoma Editorial Board? Can you please just make it a little more clear? You know, yeah, that's Yeah, It's not, that of hard. It's not
2: that
0: hey, like a, yeah, hey, write us another one about how awful socialism is, so we can eviscerate you and laugh. Yeah, this yeah, is so just more sad family. and confusing <laughs> because you don't know how to write. Anyway. Hmm. as always
1: (laughs) okay continue
0: Um, we have socialist events for the week Carl Uh,
2: as always uh, the the new sanctuary network of Tulsa will be on Friday August 23rd August 3rd wow okay I'm talking like I'm the editorial board down here Um, on Friday August 3rd the new sanctuary network of Tulsa We'll be having its weekly protest in front of David the David Omos Correctional Facility, the only ICE facility in the state of Oklahoma, from 12 to 12.20. So if you work downtown, you're on your lunch break, uh, go tell the fascists at ICE to leave. Hmm. Um, that's important. That's really important. Yeah, So it's go really
0: important. They are um, fascists. They are terrifying fascists. Uh, are there any other I, I, events?
2: Uh no, that's uh, everything I've got. If if anything else comes in, um, it will be on the Reddit post. Also, I know I need to do the one from last week. I'm sorry, I've been very busy uh, vacationing, guys. My bad. It's okay. Um, we
0: all still love you. But yes,
2: um, <laughs> uh, if anything else comes up, uh, that'll be there. Um, uh, I know the Oklahoma Autonomous Brown Berets have like uh a new pamphlet they're putting out. I'm, I'm going to try and do a link to something like that. So yeah, that's, that's the only other thing, uh, we had going on this week.
0: Nifty, nifty, nifty. Well, as always, you can check us out at Twitter at red star over. Okay. The subreddit where we put all our stuff up is r red star over Oklahoma. You can listen on SoundCloud and iTunes, any questions, concerns, complaints. You want to tell me how awful the show is. Uh, you can send that at red star over. Okay. At gmail.com. And Hey guys, please tell your friends and rate and review on iTunes. Uh,